Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio Show 158, coming to you from River Road Studios in Oregon. The show is sponsored by Learning Herbs. Why is it that so many people are learning about herbs through books, classes on the internet, and they never taste them? Taste is one of the most important tools and herbalists can develop. By tasting herbs, you can discover how they work. This helps you match the right herb to the right person with confidence. My friend Rosalie DeFlore has created a transformative online course called Taste of Herbs. This experience-based, hands-on learning system helps you make herbs part of your daily life. You can learn instinctively while also having fun in the kitchen. Taste of Herbs opens just once a year, and now it's open for enrollment. You can check it out at thepracticalherbalist.com. Just click on the banner ad. And because we are such a strong supporters of Taste of Herbs course, we would like to offer you a special bonus for enrolling. When you join, we will send you a coupon code for free, three free months of the Herbal Nerd Society. Make sure that you email us once you've joined and we will send you your coupon code. Information at thepracticalherbalist.com. Our show is also brought to you by Candace Hunter Creations and Get Healthy Now with Candace, connecting people with plants to transform lives. If you'd like to learn more about Get Healthy Now and Candace Hunter, check it out at gethealthynowwithcandace.com. Hunter Creation, graphic design, website designers, putting your marketing ideas to life. From business cards to banners to websites to e-commerce, they've got you covered. Contact them at huntercreation.com. Occupy Medical is a free clinic right here in Lane County, Oregon, and you can find us at our new location, 1717 Centennial Suites 4 and 7. We are a 501c3 integrated health clinic. You can check us out, occupy-medical.org. And Ace High Heat Graphics, custom imprinted uh, shirts, hats, any kind of wearable you can think of. If you've got a logo or an idea to put on a shirt, they can help you out. Contact them at sales at Ace High Heat Graphics. Dot com. You may also come and check out Sierra Lupe Consulting. I have a new email. Woo-hoo! Finally, I have a new email. <laughs> it's like it was all on me. I was just dragging my little feet, my adorable little feet, my adorable little herbal feet. So if you are interested in either um, Skyping uh, Herbal Consulting for to find out more help for your chronic conditions or balance it with your existing medication, if you would like, if you live in Lane County and you can come and uh, offer a space where we can sit there and, and talk to each other, I prefer to go to people's houses if I can, because you really have much more intense and informative conversations there. Just send me an email, Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting at gmail.org. Dot com. Gmail.com. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. <laughs> it is actually for realsies. Uh, <laughs> gmail.com yeah yeah okay yeah. so what That's is true. that actual email it is actually s-i-e-r-r-a-l-u-p-e oh, no one's gonna know that one sierra, sierra lupe, lupe herbal consulting at, at gmail.com gmail. that is what it for real easy is yep. okay hey guys christmas is right around the corner believe it or not and everyone mm-hmm. loves to get kindles for christmas i like my kindle candace like oh it? i love my paper white oh my um, god i love right? that little thing so you get this great Kindle, but you got to put something on it. Yeah, put something mm-hmm. on it. And you can get a free Kindle app. Yes. For mm-hmm. your phone. You can or do that. For your iPad. For whatever devices you're giving this but Christmas. basically what we're getting down yeah. to here is 
there's herbal folios from the Practical Herbs Press that are available. Yes, there indeed. are at least nine that I can think of, plus the Pocket Herbal, plus Herbs for the Zombie Apocalypse. Yes, there are. Right. So everything from lavender to um, medicinal use of marijuana. And cannabis. So go on to Amazon.com, search the Practical Herbalist, I believe. Practical Herbalist Press. Press. And you will find all of the books that are available for your Kindle. Learn your herbs. Learn your herbs. Now on with the show. Not all herbals are created equal. Not all medicinal mushroom remedies are created with the same quality, which means some mushroom medicines are more effective than others. Today we're talking with Jeff Chilton, commercial mushroom grower, founder of Namex, and expert in the medicinal mushroom industry for over 40 years, about the most effective mushroom remedies and how to use them. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susier Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Susier Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Howdy, Jeff. I'm so glad to have you back on the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. It's my pleasure. Wow. So we, when we talked to you last time, you really filled our brains full to the brim with information about mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms, as well as, of course, the edible types. And we wanted to have you back because we want to talk a little bit more about quality of medicinal mushrooms in particular, wouldn't you say, Candice? Yes, yes. And let's let's start with an, a brush up on mycelium versus mushroom in like when you go to the store to pick up a mushroom supplement. Right. And the reason we're asking you, Jeff, is because you, of course, you have your own mushroom company, which you've had for decades, and you really are a, a pioneer in the field. And you've been watching how uh, mushrooms have uh, mushroom growth and the industry has changed and all you've been really keeping track of all of the a lot of the research that's been coming out there. You're an international player on the mushroom scene, so that's why we're picking your brain, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to do that. And and uh, let me start by just uh, talking a little bit about what we might call the fungal life cycle here, because that's that's going to come into play in terms of what we will discuss. And, and so this organism that we often refer to as a mushroom is a fungal organism. It starts with a spore. Uh, there's billions of spores out there. They're, they're everywhere. They're in the ground. They're in the air. These spores, uh, when conditions are right, will germinate into what's called a hyphae. And this is a very fine filament. And these fine filaments will come together uh, fuse together and they'll form a network of these filaments. And this network is what we call mycelium. And now, that's, myce- that's the point where like, if you're digging in the ground, that's the point when they're, you, where you might see them like white thready stuff, right? That's, that's absolutely correct. We normally do not see mycelium because it's, it's in the ground or it's in a piece of wood. But, but if you're, you're a, a mushroom hunter, and you're out there and you're, you're collecting wild mushrooms. And if you pop that thing out of the ground and you look down where you picked it, you will often see this fine white um, filamentous type material that is the mycelium. And, and that's also called the vegetative body of the organism. That's what is uh, uh, breaking down the organic matter. That's what's building up reserves of energy, which ultimately, when conditions are right, and in the Northwest, that means when when fall comes, when the rains hit, when the temperatures go down, at that point, we have our mushroom season. And those mushrooms come up 
but they are supported by this mycelial network that's underground, and that's what's producing the mushroom. So the mushroom comes up, it goes through its life cycle, ultimately producing spores, and now that whole life cycle, that whole circle is completed. So, so pretty much we have mushroom, we have mycelium, and we have spore. Those are what we might call the three significant plant parts of this fungal organism. Okay, so the spore, when you like map that to like what a plant looks like, the spore is similar to the seeds. The mushroom is similar to the fruiting part of it. And the mycelium is similar to the root structure. Pretty much, yeah. That, that, that's a good way to describe it, actually. So, so we would call the mushroom a fruiting body. We would call the mycelium a vegetative body. And then the spore is similar to a, a seed. So, so that's really important to keep in mind because what happens is that, is that well, first of all, let's say traditionally um, it is the mushroom that has been used um, medicinally in China. That's, that's what they use in traditional Chinese medicine. It's the mushroom. Of course, the they, fruiting they couldn't, body. Uh-huh. The fruiting body, but they couldn't use mycelium because they had no way to actually produce mycelium and and uh, it would be quite a chore to try and separate the mycelium mm-hmm. from the wood or dig <laughs> it up it <laughs> you know it's it, trees. Yeah. yeah well that's right and, and and remember it's kind of like um you know it's like if you have the root of something growing in soil right i mean it's the root structure and it's there and it's there uh in it's actually in it's a food source. Yes. So the mycelium actually penetrates its food source, draws nutrients from it, breaks it down. And remember, these fungal organisms are part of this microbial ecosystem. It's like we've got uh, fungi, we've got bacteria, yeasts, uh, imperfect fungi, which are the molds. They're all out there. They're in the ground. They're, they're in all organic matter out there going through this breakdown to to basically recycle these materials back into soil-like substances. So they're part of this ecosystem that we exist in. So this is the great circle of life and look forward to the Disney version of The Lion King that will feature the (laughs) The mushroom mushroom family. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's right. Monkey holding up a mushroom. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because, you know, in the 70s, the, uh, there was a book written uh, by a Japanese author, and it was called Shiitake, King of Mushrooms. Aha! And there then, we go. And then in, the 80s, in the 80s and early 90s, all of a sudden, the talk was, Reishi is the King of Mushrooms. <laughs> and, and then in the late 90s, all of a sudden, Maitake came on the scene, and uh-huh. Maitake, the King of Mushrooms. Wow, <laughs> it's like the English <laughs> monarchy. They keep changing kings. Oh my God! I mean, yes, a monarchy. And then, then today, if you go out on the internet, it's like Chaga, King of Mushrooms. <laughs> Long live the king for the next That's two my, years. <laughs> I know, and, and I, I'm sort of saying, "Oh my God! I've seen so many kingdoms come and go. I don't know what to do." <laughs> but but uh, here, here's the deal, and this is this is what I'd like to talk to you about, and that is these different plant parts of this fungal organism and it's very important to know about these because when you go to buy a let's call it mushroom product uh and you look at the shelf well 
believe it or not, you're going to you're going to actually see a lot of plant parts on the shelf. But in most cases, they'll all be called mushroom, and when they're not really the mushroom. So yeah, that's so, where it gets confusing. So wait, you're saying what if someone picks up a bottle and it's shiitake mushroom in a capsule, or whatever, uh, lion's mane capsule in a lion's mane whatever, capsules yeah. or whatever? You're saying that's not necessarily the fruiting body. That's absolutely right. And 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 here's here's what's going on is that is that in North America we can produce mushrooms for food use. We can produce shiitake mushrooms and we can take them to the marketplace and for that pound of shiitake the grower might get five dollars, but the uh, the mushroom itself is ninety percent water. So when yeah. you dry that out, all of a sudden that five dollars that you're getting for that pound mm-hmm. of mushrooms now that now you need to get fifty dollars. Yeah. Well, that that's just for a pound of dried shiitake. And if you let, let's say uh, on a kilo basis, we're talking about one hundred twenty dollars for a kilo of dried shiitake wow. mushroom or powder. Well, nobody's going to be able to purchase that. And and just to give you an example, we sell shiitake mushroom um, extract for thirty two dollars a kilogram. Yeah. Well, believe it. <laughs> well, obviously, obviously, you cannot compete out there in the supplement space mm-hmm. by growing mushrooms in North America. So what do people do? They actually grow the mycelium and they grow the mycelium on sterilized grain. So the process is, is, is fairly simple. The process has been around for a long, long time because this process is actually makes what an agaricus grower would call mushroom spawn uh, and, mm-hmm. and how it works is you sterilize grain you take a pure culture of mycelium and you inoculate the sterilized grain and you do this all in a laboratory and then that mycelium grows over those grain kernels and after a set period of time two to three weeks those grains are completely covered with the mycelium you send that out to the mushroom grower. He takes those those uh, myceliated grains. He breaks them up into individual kernels, and he mixes them into his substrate. And the substrate is that medium which the mushroom is going to grow from. So like so the he, wood log? The wood log or the mm-hmm. compost. He'll, he'll basically be mixing that into that and every one of those grains has mycelium on it and that will jump off the grain into the sawdust into the compost until that is completely colonized at which point soon thereafter we can grow mushrooms from that colonized substrates well here's here's the thing that's happened is that's a cheap process it's something that's done in a laboratory but companies in the united states actually will take that myceliated grain and after 30 to 60 days of growth they will then dry it out, grind it to a powder, and then they will sell it as a mushroom supplement. And there's two things wrong with that. One of which is is the grain is still part of that product because they can't separate it from mm-hmm. the mycelium. Right, of course not. And the other part of it is that when they sell it as a medicinal mushroom supplement, they will put it into capsules, bottles, on that label that you look at, you will see a picture of a mushroom, and you will see it, uh, a label that will say shiitake mushroom, reishi mushroom, lion's mane mushroom. So 
They've got the word mushroom everywhere with a picture of the mushroom. You think you're getting a mushroom, but what you're actually getting is you're getting mycelium that has been grown on grain. The grain is a part of that product. And ultimately, when we measure that, and my company did a study two years ago called Redefining Medicinal Mushrooms. It's on our website. We measured 90 different samples, 40 of which were commercial products that we bought off the internet that were mycelium grown on grain. And what we found was that rather than having high levels of beta-glucan and no starch, and here's the thing, mushrooms do not contain starch. Instead of being high beta-glucan, low starch, it was the opposite. These products were very low beta-glucan, and very high levels of starch. In some cases, believe it or not, in some cases, the beta-glucan levels of these products were 1% when a mushroom of any species should be within, uh, should be somewhere between 25 and 50% beta-glucan. And these, some of these products were actually 1% beta-glucan and as high as 60% starch. Wow. Yes. And and one of the important things to think about is that the beta-glucans is one of the key constituents or chemical structures you're looking for that most of the studies have been like looking at. Focusing on, particularly for, like if you have someone who's getting chemotherapy for cancer, they need the beta-glucans. And this is, if you're yeah. offering well, somebody that, that, that shoddy product, what if you just, well, you risked that patient's life? Well, and, and, and the point is, is that, is that, yes, the beta-glucans are what make mushrooms medicinal. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is the key compound, and that's what the majority of the research is based upon. So, so we want those beta-glucans. Those are the compounds that will, will produce the different immune cells. They, we mm -hmm. we uh, bring in those beta-glucans. They hit receptor sites that we have, and that produces... Uh, higher levels of macrophages, NK cells, T cells. That is what we're looking for in a medicinal mushroom. So if your product does not have beta-glucans, you literally do not have a medicinal mushroom product. For one, these products that are mycelium on grain, there's no mushroom in there. You know, mm -hmm. and, and if you yeah. look at the label, here, here's the, the problem is that when you turn it over and you look at the supplements facts panel, which is supposed to tell you what's in there, a lot of those products will say mushroom, um, and most of them will not tell you that there's grain in there. Some companies um, um, will say mycelium. Some companies will even say in the bottom myceliated grain of some sort. So there are some companies that will tell you, but how many people shop on the supplements facts panel? Most right. people look at the front panel, they look at the brand, they've heard about some brand and, and they go, oh my, I, I've heard about this brand uh, or somebody uh, recommends a brand. So they buy the brand based on that and, and the front of it says uh, reishi mushroom and shows a picture of a reishi mushroom. Right. Well, mm -hmm. they're going to think they've got a mushroom product. And let me tell you, I've spoken to people on so many occasions where they tell me they're taking this great mushroom product and I say, okay, and what's the brand? They tell me the brand, and I, I say to them, you know what, I hate to tell you this, but you're not taking a mushroom product. You're actually taking mycelium that uh, uh, mostly has grain in it. So you're you're taking a starch-like product. and Yeah, you're taking a grain uh, product with some mycelium added. Well, right. that's exactly yeah. right. And, 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 you know, A, 
for a lot of people that have life-threatening illnesses and they're taking these products um, and they're absolutely getting nothing out of it. And, and then other people now are uh, paleo. They're, they don't mm-hmm. eat grains. Yeah. And, then, and then a lot of people feel like uh, when you're feeding these types of sugars that that is something that you shouldn't be taking if you've got one of these types of illnesses. Well, and I mean, like, for instance, shiitake is one of the ones that is recommended for helping diabetic folks with like weight loss and that sort of thing. And if they think they're getting shiitake, it's the mushroom and the beta glycans that are, that at least from what I've seen, looks Mm -hmm. like that's what's actually helping diabetic people with balancing their insulin so that they can lose weight appropriately. Mm-hmm. So if that's what they're aiming for and they're taking a myceliated grain, they're getting carbohydrates instead. Yeah, they're getting that's the right. opposite of what they need. That, no, that, that's absolutely right. And, and I, I have raised this issue and I published my study in 2015. And believe me, it had a strong effect on the industry. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, yeah. not, only, not only that, it, it uh, got to the point where APA, American Herbal Products Association, had to uh, bring a lot of companies together who were members of APA. We had long conversations. The mycelium on grain producers were very unhappy about my study because mm-hmm. I'd, so I'd exposed them. And, yeah. and the labeling issue, APA wanted to get out in front of the labeling issue because, because you know, APA, part of their, their job is to stay out in front before, before one of the regulatory agencies yes. comes up and, mm-hmm. and starts to investigate. So, so we had these, these long discussions about that, and, and APA came up with a policy that said, okay, look, on that front panel, you can't say mushroom. However, <laughs> they did say you could say mushroom mycelium. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? That, that's a bit of a compromise. I don't, I don't believe that because to me that's like saying um, root apple or root um, leaf or root flower, you're saying two plant yeah. parts together. So to say mushroom mycelium to me, you know, you know, if you're out in the mycological society or, or something like that, you know, this is a term that gets bandied about mushroom mycelium. Yeah. Everybody knows what we're talking about, but when you're talking about a commercial product, like an herbal product, you can't put two plant parts together. You know, yeah. you can, mm-hmm. you could say, you could, you could say reishi well, mycelium. Right. Or you could say reishi mushroom. Um, you could do that. Yeah. But, you know, to say mushroom yeah. mycelium, that's really something, again, uh, and, and not only that, a lot of these companies, you you um, you look at it and, and on the front, they also say made with 100% organic mushrooms. Well, come on. That's not the case. <laughs> it's absolutely not. And so, so I consider it um, what I term a bait and switch type of movement here and and it's also something where the companies have been out there so long uh, talking up their products that let me tell you herbalists don't know right. uh, naturopaths don't know mm-hmm. they've been listening to some of the gurus out there that sell these products and they're convinced that these brands are fine and these these particular products are good when in fact they have no idea what they're doing what they're getting and here's the thing that that I find so interesting is that now a word from Thomas Easley about the Journal of Functional Herbalism. The Journal of Functional Herbalism is a free online journal promoting the integration of traditional Western herbalism, clinical nutrition, and functional medicine. 
It's published by the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine, and you can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com. There's a test, a very simple test. It's called an iodine starch test. And and I encourage you and your listeners to do this test. And that is if you take one of those products or if you take any potato starch or some kind of starch and you, let's say, mix a teaspoon of that in a quarter of a cup of water and you mix it up really good and then you drop in 10 drops of iodine. If there is starch, that will turn black. immediately black. It's a wonderful little test that unmasks these products. And then if you take a mushroom, a dried mushroom, an actual mushroom, and you do the same thing, put it in the water, you know, you can like powder up your shiitake mushroom or something like put it in water, put this, put the iodine in, all you'll see is the iodine color. Yeah. There will be no change at all. Mushrooms do not contain starch. And here's what's interesting about a mushroom. A mushroom, actually, their storage carbohydrate is glycogen. That's our storage carbohydrate, too. They have glycogen, small amounts, so so they'll have 1% or 2%, sometimes 5% of glycogen, but they do not have starch. So they will not turn in this iodine starch test. It's a wonderful little test for, you know, somebody says to me, oh, yeah, I've got, and they don't believe me when I say, oh, yeah, it's probably mostly starch. Oh, how could it be? You know, it says 100% mushroom. I said, look, just do a starch test on this and see for yourself. The other thing you can do too is what I call the Reishi Challenge. I was doing it at American Herbalist Guild. (laughs) I had had a little jar of this mycelium on grain powder. I actually actually had a bag of mycelium on grain there at my booth to demonstrate to people what it looks like. Um, So I had this little thing, taste this. They taste it and they go, hmm, very bland tastes uh, like kind of like grain flour now taste this reishi extract oh my god yeah you know it's like the reishi extract is bitter it literally explodes in your mouth reishi is a bitter mushroom and this is just one one very easy way to demonstrate the difference but if you taste any of these mycelium on grain products they will all taste the same they will Mm -hmm. all for the most part look the same because they're all grown on a grain, and that's going to be the overwhelming taste of those products. That's that's funny that you mentioned that because I've had so many conversations. I did organoleptic testing for years when oh, I was yeah. working in the, the herbal community uh, commercially. And I was talking to someone recently saying, oh, man, that reishi, it's great stuff. But God, it's just like the sledgehammer of bitterness. You taste it and they're like, it's okay. And then all of a sudden, bam, there goes your brains out through your nose. Yeah. It's horrible. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, yeah. the person talking to me says, oh, no, it's fine. It's it's kind of sweet. Oh. No, no. How could it what possibly be sweet? What are you even talking oh, about? And I bet they're talking my, about this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? And and I just think to myself, you know, you know, one of these companies that sells these products they actually advertise it as being a bland flavor that can be used with any other product. Oh. It can be, they can be blended in advertising. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and I think about that and I, and I think to myself, yeah. you know, every single mushroom has a unique flavor. Yes. It yeah. should, it's, you know, it shouldn't taste bland and they shouldn't all be bland. It's like, they're unique. Right. They have a unique flavor profile. So, so it just shocks me 
when when some of these companies will make those kinds of statements and and you know for for food companies or people that are that are interested in taste they'll they'll go oh that is fantastic i'd love to have your mushroom product <laughs> put it into mm-hmm. my whatever because if it's bland that is just what i'm looking for oh, right gracious. yeah well while we have you on the phone i want I have one more question to ask you people that are vegan have talked to me about uh growing cordyapsis and the the thing that you have on your website is you're growing it with oat insects how you're talking about you're talking about cordyceps cordyceps oh sorry yeah, cordyceps. That's what I was talking okay, here, about. Okay, here's <laughs> the, here's the here's the story on cordyceps, and, and it's just a wonderful story because cordyceps is uh, traditionally called caterpillar fungus, mm-hmm. and, and all cordyceps species they grow on insects naturally. Okay, and, and but the 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 uh, caterpillar fungus, which is so famous, grows up in the foothills of Tibet, and it's wild crafted. And in the last twenty years, the price has gone from thousand dollars a kilo to twenty thousand dollars a kilogram dear lord they call it tibetan gold and nobody yeah. in china can actually afford this except the very rich no. and a lot of people that buy it buy it and give it as a gift to somebody because they can't afford to eat it themselves right um, but but what has happened is that just in the last 10 years a similar species that has also been used medicinally for hundreds of years called cordyceps militaris they have learned how to cultivate it and they do not cultivate it on insects nice. and remember, remember too now this is something that's very important because a lot of people think they go like oh well, what do you you know, you say, oh, this mycelium is produced on rice. They say, well, what do you produce your mushrooms on? And I say, well, on wood or sawdust. Well, so what's the difference? One is produced on rice and what is one is produced on sawdust? I'm like, well, I don't grind the sawdust up and and, and put it yeah. with the mushroom, right. right? That's the substrate. It stays behind. Well, we grow cordyceps like we would grow any other mushroom in terms of it's on a substrate. The substrate does not come away with it you leave the substrate behind so it's like you don't want to have your 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 grit your your soil grit in your spinach right well, or your, your compost that may have been manure or chicken well, manure well, it doesn't come with the carrot nor well, shouldn't, shouldn't harvest your herbs with the soil come yeah. on yeah yeah, yeah. so and you wash it off so we have we have cordyceps that is a hundred percent fruiting body it's cordyceps militaris and let me tell you uh, go to the website and look at the pictures it is orange it looks and, like and, cheeto farming <laughs> <laughs> well well you know it, it's one of those wonderful things where and here's the here's the cool thing about it is that one there's there's only maybe 15 different mushrooms that they can grow in the world, 15 different out of thousands of species. There's only 15 mushrooms that they grow. And so whenever a new mushroom is, is they learn how to cultivate it, it's like a huge deal. So for me as a mushroom grower, I'm like, oh my God, a new mushroom, they've learned how to cultivate. I am just totally stoked on that. Plus I can now actually get and sell to my customers a true 100% cordyceps mushroom, a fruiting body, not mycelium, not a caterpillar mm-hmm. with a, with a, you know, 
Nice. Back in the early 90s, back in the early 90s, I asked my customers, I said, look, anybody interested in uh, in cordyceps? I, I, here it is. And, and at that point, I could actually purchase the caterpillar fungus for $1,000 a kilogram. And first of all, it was like, ah, man, that's way yeah. too expensive. And second, they went, look, our customers are vegetarians. Yeah. <laughs> They don't want to eat caterpillar meat. They're going to have a problem with that. Not so much bug in it. Not so much bug in it. (laughs) And they don't eat bugs. And it's it's like, no. This is good to know. Now with our Cordyceps Militaris, and and you know what? The the flavor is wonderful. It it is. When I was in China last year, we were on the Cordyceps farm. I grabbed a bunch of these fresh Cordyceps right off the bed. And and ate them, and they were delicious. Oh, really? What do they <laughs> taste like? They taste like mushroom. They've got a wonderful mushroomy flavor. And, and here's the thing: right now in Asia, Cordyceps militaris is also being sold in the market as food. Nice. Now think about that for a second, because this is what we're all looking for: food as medicine. Mm-hmm. Yes, you bet. yes, you bet. I, I mean, that's what it's all about. Our food is supposed to nourish us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep us healthy. Yeah, that's very. So it's true. very. It is that's so cool, and and I'm so happy. And and if you if you look at our cordyceps mushroom powder, it also is orange. Nice, nice. nice. So it looks like it's supposed to. Well, those it are the kind like of Cheetos that I approve of. Well, I'm just yes, saying. And, and you know, here's what was kind of fun too, because uh, you know, you guys, you guys both know Michael Tierra. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. And Michael came by the the booth, and I've known Michael for many years since the early '90s, and and he came by, and I said, Michael, check this out, cordyceps, and he goes, Oh wow, that's really interesting. I said, Yeah, this is the real thing, cordyceps militaris. This is the fruiting body. And, and I had a package of 100 grams, and I put a bunch of those packages in the silent auction. So a bunch of people got those. So I said, here, Michael, there's a gift. Take it. And he went, oh, wow, thank you. And, of course, you know, Michael Tierra, what does he do? He rips it open immediately and starts to eat them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Of> <laughs> now, here's a real herbalist. Yep. <laughs> and, and there he's, he's chewing on these Cordyceps Militaris mushrooms, and he's He's chewing them, and and after about 30, 45 seconds, he kind of closes his eyes, and he goes, wow, he said, I can really feel the chi from these. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, thought, damn, this is a real herbalist times two. (laughs) (laughs) The chi toe. The chi Exactly. Exactly. It's not going to get old with me. They're like... They're like little mini Cheetos, aren't mm-hmm. they? Nice. Wow. Well, that, oh, yeah. that's wow. a that's a heck of a way to end this interview. I'm telling you. you got, what? Uh, we have to go? Oh, we have to go. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but that doesn't mean that you can't return. Oh, well, yeah. Oh. But I'm looking forward to that. He returns. Yes, he returns. Jeff Shilton. <laughs> in Mushroomlandia. Yes. Oh, it's been such a delight to have you. Really Thank you so much. It's it. been a delight to be here. Yeah. And people can contact you on your website, the www.namics.com. And that's in. Please come. Yes, please, please do. Come. It's a fascinating website. I really enjoy it. N A M M E X. Yes, yes, yes. And and we will also link to your podcast from there because I'm 
Uh, we've got other podcasts that I've done on the site that people can listen to, and we're we're very pleased to have you you guys and your podcast, and we'll definitely link to it, and, and it hopefully is. people will come and, and listen to you. Yes. Yes. Herbal medicine for all, and that includes the mushrooms. Nice, nice, nice. Well, final story, final really quick story. I was walking around Natural Foods Expo in 1991 with a reishi mushroom in my hand, uh, frightening people as I went. (laughs) (laughs) Why? They could not believe it was actually an herb or was actually used as herbal medicine. They went, what the hell is that Uh thing? Is it a piece of wood? Is it real? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a dried reishi mushroom, everybody, and it is the true king of mushrooms. This is the, <laughs> this is the original king. The real Long king. live the king. <laughs> <laughs> the statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.